Welcome to Understand Nostradamus. I'm your host, Michael Faco. I'm going to make a few predictions for the near future by going over some quatrains from the book Les Prophéties of Michel Nostradamus. These seem to be happening or developing now, from the destruction in Ukraine to earthquakes and volcanoes in Europe, droughts and floods in the U.S. and Europe, to the threat of the U.S. dollar crashing as a consequence of the associated debt. It seems Nostradamus is not so much a prophet of doom as he is a prophet of your news and current events. Now. Prophecies for now. It might also be finally safe to talk about COVID-19 and the many quatrains that detail this era in man's history, as well as clear up the differences between the Pope's prophecies from St. Malachi that are always included in Nostradamus documentaries and the actual prophecy credited to Nostradamus. Then we'll continue with the time loop experiment and try to break the curse of Oak Island. That is Templar treasure on Oak Island, but Nostradamus insists that before the treasure is found, a man will die, his eye put out by a spring. In addition, I will go over a list of quatrains that will be analyzed in the next several episodes, just to introduce you to the use of the language and the broad scope of topics covered. And I'll give a hint about each one, allowing you a chance to solve them before I do. In the recent past, I brought up two quatrains about a long extended drought and a flood following it in Italy. Now, unfortunately, I didn't mean this one that is just happening in Emilia Romagna right now, although there is one quatrain, 233, that does talk about a flooding of the Po and the Garonne, but it also includes the people of Genoa marching on their country. And I do believe that is about a different time. But let's first, for this discussion, establish Russia as Aquilon in Quatrain 149, and therefore in Quatrain 291. And this will establish Vladimir Putin as Hadre in Quatrain 18, which will also establish Kiev as Sun City. Nostradamus rarely gives a date for his prophecies, but he sometimes gives a day of the month, a specific year or a planetary placement description. One of those that gives a year is Quatrain 149, Century 1, Quatrain 49. And the same year and word phrasing are mentioned in the Epistle to King Henry. It's the year 1700. The Quatrain chronicles the first years in the Great Northern War and the Battle of Narva, which is in present-day Estonia right now, where Russian forces were decimated by the Swedish army and Peter the Great had to subjugate lands to Charles Twelfth of Sweden, only to come back and recapture them again in 1704 with a newly designed Russian military. And that's why the last line of the quatrain says, almost subjugated, because he got the lands back. But this quatrain establishes Aquilon, because it mentions the corner of Aquilon as these lands. So it establishes Aquilon as Russia. I've gone over this quatrain in my Russia discussions, but I will read it again here. The internet version, Big Al's version that you might have, says long before these happenings, the people of the East, influenced by the moon, those are the Turks, the Ottomans, in the year 1700 will cause many to be carried away and will almost subdue the northern area. Okay, so he likes to think that Aquilonia is the northern area. 
but the word used, the fourth line, I'll read it to you, subjugate almost the corner of Aquilon. And so if you read that as French, it says almost subjugate the corner of Aquilon. It's also important to point out that the third line says the year 1700, the great will have to make changes. Or you could read it, will have to make great changes. But the way it's written, it would really, the word Aquilon comes from Roman mythology, which renames Boreas from Greek mythology. It represents the god of where the north wind comes from, or sometimes the wind itself, depending on poetic license. Note the tie-in with the Great Northern War at its introduction in Quatrain 149. There's a lot to discuss about Russia. Most scholars don't seem to realize how prevalent Russia is in the Quatrains. Russia was always an ally of France. It was the French that financed the many expansions of industrialized Russia through the centuries. So let's take a look at some of the quatrains that might tie into that, because there is a quatrain, 291, which seems to be in the near future. It's about Aquilon and a large single explosion. And that's probably pretty important to look at, because it's also brought up in the epistle during the section that breaks down much like Tuibei II, the Chinese prophecy that goes in order of time. There will be further explanation of Tuibetu in this discussion, the spelling of which is in the description below. But I'm going to show how it ties in with Nostradamus and relates to the lost book. Whenever you research Tuibetu, the article always labels it as the Chinese Nostradamus. Written more than 600 years earlier by two men, the name translates to pushback graphics. People call this work the pushing back poems. It's a collection of 60 drawings, each with a short poem and a quatrain-style poem called the Long Poem. They each prophesize a period in the future, and they are in chronological order, in order of their occurrence in time. It is very important to have an understanding of Tuibei II, which gives reason to the lost book of watercolor paintings discovered in 1994 in the Vatican archives referred to as the Lost Book of Nostradamus. And there is a major shout-out to Tuibei II in the epistle to King Henry. This section of the epistle refers to the East trembling from brothers, but not brothers, of Russia. This also includes a description of the third king of Aquilon, lonely and alone, pretty much describing a guy alone at a Christmas mass or at the end of a 20-foot table. So this leads to a possible connection with Quatrain 291, which is about a large singular explosion warning seen in the direction of Aqualon at dawn. Now this sounds like it could be similar to Chernobyl, but that was in the middle of the night. In addition, it highlights the creation of a circle of death. It's hard to say at this point whether that would be a nuclear bomb or a nuclear power plant, but it's important to note here that Russia has floating nuclear power plants that they call POTUS, but that's another story. So let's take a look at the quatrains mentioned and some others in their vicinity and what the other predictions credited to Nostradamus for 2023 that are floating around the internet look like. How accurate are they? How do they tie in? First, the seven-month war. 
predicting something about World War III. Well, this war we've been in has been going on for more than seven months, but here's this seven-month warning. People are looking to starlight on the royal edifice, calling it celestial fire. Celeste means heavenly, as of or from heaven. The heavens and the sky were the same in Nostradamus' day. They didn't really separate the two. An edifice isn't just a physical structure. It can also mean a built-up set of ideas or beliefs, like a religion or a monarchy. Let's take a look at the quatrain. It's 4100, the last quatrain of century four. All right, here's my translation. From celestial fire to royal edifice. Now, the word for two is to at with, of celestial fire with royal edifice. This is about the wars of religion in 1562. This was Nostradamus' time, and more so, the future of his children. This first set of nine separate wars lasted 36 years, and it was the bloodiest and the worst kind of fighting. This was neighbor killing neighbor. This wasn't a divided civil war. This was town after town after town with people turning on each other. And it was about power and who got to keep what. And for the longest time, it was the crown enforcing it. Seven months in question begins on April 2nd, 1562. So you're talking about a war of religion that is being fought and upheld by the crown, the royal edifice. The light of Mars cannot be seen. The light of Mars fades from view. The light of Mars dwindles, diminishes, reduces. The word felria does not mean blow up or end. Mars is not going away. Mars is going to be there. You don't have to cancel Elon's plans, but you should contact him anyway because there is some things about him in the quatrains and his purpose that he's been seeking. And it's not to run around the town square with his pants down. That's, that's for someone else. It really is. So this refers to Mars at solar conjunction. Mars had a solar conjunction on March 18th, 1562. And what happens during a conjunction is that the planet, from our perspective, passes behind the sun and you can't see it for several weeks because it's lost in the sun's glare. Just this year, in the spring of 2023, Saturn had its solar conjunction on February 16th, and you couldn't see it for several weeks. Neptune had its solar conjunction on March 15th. Again, couldn't be seen. The solar conjunction of Jupiter was on April 11th, 2023, Jupiter passed behind the sun from our point of view and remained hidden in the sun's glare for several weeks. Mars had its opposition, which when it's, we can see at the brightest, December 7th, 2022. And at the same time, it was occulted by the moon. I don't know if you saw that. It was pretty exciting. So then it's visible for about 10 months after opposition, then becomes lost in the glare of the sun. 
around October 10th, 2023, Mars will pass close to the sun in the sky as its orbit carries it around the far side of the solar system from Earth. At its closest approach, Mars will appear at a separation of only zero degrees, six arc minutes from the sun, making it totally unobservable for several weeks while it's lost in the sun's glare. It's the furthest away from the Earth in the solar system at the time. The solar conjunction of Mars on March 18, 1562, was zero degrees, zero arc minutes. It was a perfectly behind-the-sun-placed conjunction. So it wasn't seen for several weeks, and that was to mark the opening of seven months' great war, death from evil deeds. You could read it, seven months' great war, people dead from evil deeds. The word chosen is malefice. It means malfeasance or evil deeds. The seven months begins on April 2nd, 1562, and goes till the first week of November 1562. It begins with a group of Huguenot nobles. Those were the Protestants. They called themselves the Reformed Church of France. They were led by their general, Prince Louis I, de Bourbon, the originator of the House of Condé. We'll refer to him as Condé. In response to the massacre of Vassay, which has its own quatrains and obviously sounds bad, a lot of innocent people got killed, and they were Huguenots. They were the Protestants, again, by the Guise who were in charge of the government and the Catholics. On April 2nd, 1562, this group of nobles led by the Prince of Condé proclaimed their intention of liberating the king from evil counselors and seized the city of Orleans. Their example was quickly followed by Protestant groups around France who seized major cities up and down the Loire Valley, assaulted Valence in the Rhone River, and after capturing Lyon on the 30th of April, the attackers first sacked and then demolished all Catholic institutions in the city. So that would mean there would be no abbots, no monks, no novices. Is that another quatrain? Sure, we'll bring that up later. These takeovers led to subsequent seizures by the king and a lot of death and bloody violence. It also happened within the cities. There were many massacres, neighbors killing neighbors. It was the worst kind of warfare. And this is why Nostradamus gives many warnings about it in the quatrains. We'll do a whole separate discussion about the wars of religion. This started in Nostradamus' time, and this was the life for his children. But it begins on April 2nd with the takeover of Orleans, and it culminates on October 26th at the siege of Rouen, when the king will not fail. They come up through Evreux, they siege Rouen for seven weeks. Evreux was more of a, a village where they could come through, they could regain strength, seize ruin, and then entered on October 26th, and then there was another week of very bloody violence, completing the seven months, unfortunately. And that is what that quatrain is about. It is not about World War III or Mars blowing up, like some would have you believe. 
Also, the internet is a buzz about Quatrain 1022. It's about Queen Elizabeth II eventually replacing Edward VIII. It's not about Charles abdicating the throne for Harry. That's not going to happen. The quatrain that points to Charles is 977. It highlights the transition of Charles going from Prince Charles to King Charles. Quatrain 1022 is about Queen Elizabeth eventually replacing King Edward VIII, who abdicated the throne from Mrs. Wallace Simpson, only to be replaced by his brother Albert, who took the title King George VI. Edward VIII could have made a return after Elizabeth's father, King George VI, died. Edward was still alive and was the senior member of the royal family and could have attempted a return to take back the throne, but was notoriously indignant. That's why the word chosen in the quatrain to describe him is indigni, because he was notoriously indignant and no one would have gone for it. The nobility, the church, and the parliament would have chosen Queen Elizabeth, who, as the fourth line of the quatrain states, had no markings of a king. It doesn't say a man who never expected to be king. No, the quatrain actually says, put in his place who of king will not have sign. And that means an indication or the markings of a king. Now, what does that mean? Balls, said the queen. If I had to, I'd be king. But the king laughed. It's not that he wanted to. It's because he had to. This is the sign of a king that Nostradamus is talking about in this quatrain. I did a separate episode on just these quatrains, if you want to hear the long-winded version, but I'll include the quatrain that depicts the coronation of Queen Elizabeth here to point out a recurring theme in many of the quatrains. It's quatrain 1019 from century 10, quatrain 19, just three behind the other one, 1022 which does index the year of her passing to clarify that the quatrain is about her. And that is also emphasized by the closeness of this related quatrain. Occasionally, Nostradamus will position two related but not continuous quatrains within the same century. But they are never contiguous or in sequence except for the very first two quatrains, 1-1 and 1-2. They are the only two that go together, and they explain the style of the book as being Nostradamus, the oracle. These two quatrains, along with selected passages from both the preface and the epistle, come together to explain much about Le Prophetes, how it came to be, and where he got the information. Which is not a bowl of water. That's silly. This topic deserves its own deep dive, long-winded, analysis, and so we can all look forward to that in the future. Soon. Let's take a look at the quatrain about the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in 1953. Okay, I'll include the version you might have because it's been printed everywhere. I call it the Big Al version. Here it is. The day that she will be hailed as queen, the day after the benediction, the prayer. The reckoning is right and valid. Once humble, never was one so proud. Let's see what I get out of the translation. Day that will be hailed by the queen. Well, the word here is salute. Salute is a greeting. Well, the word here used to salute, it's used twice. So often when Nostradamus uses the same word, 
you'll use it for different meanings. Here it can be greeting, it can be hailed, it can be salute, command. So it can be the day that will be hailed by the queen or the day that will be greeted by the queen. The second line, the day after the greeting, the prayer. Well, that's the day after the salute, the prayer. Ironically, the coronation has a number of salutes in it when they all have to yell, God save Queen Elizabeth. It also is, it also includes many long prayers and especially the coronation prayer. The third line, the account made right and valued. The word chosen here is value. It means worth in French. So the line should read, because the word used is chosen for account, really means the count of, the reckoning. And that's why Big Al chooses reckoning. Big Al was a great writer by, he is a great writer by the way. Um, I just, he only had what Fontbronn gave him and I think he did a fantastic job. But I am going to show you some places where I would have translated differently, we'll say. The reckoning, and that's what that word count means. That's what that word means. It's reckoning, the count of, the sum of, the final choice. So I read this third line, the final choice made right and worthy. Anyway, you slice it, it says, the final account is right and worthy. The reckoning or some total of is right and worthy. So the, the key here is worthy. The fourth line actually says, by before once humble, never felt so proud. Now, here's an abbreviation of auparavant, which is really from before, humble once, never felt so proud. So once humble, never was so proud. Yeah, I'm cool. That's good enough. So, but what I get, humble before, never felt so proud. Humble before once, once humble before, never felt so proud. Now what's being pointed out here is Queen Elizabeth's radio address after the coronation, where she thanked everyone for praying for her to do for the day of a previous radio address at Christmas 1952. The most often quoted and famous line extracted from the radio address that she made after the coronation was throughout all my life and with all my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your trust. I will point out again and again and again that you will find words from the story in the lines from the quatrain. So let's make another example by looking back at the quatrain that points initially to Russia being Aquilon, quatrain 149, and it about subjugating the corner of Aquilon in 1700. Nostradamus himself says he phrases the lines of the quatrains not as complete sentences. He uses two examples as main influence for the styling of his poetry. Virgil, the Roman poet, 
and Yoda, the Jedi Master. That's in the preface. I'll show you when we discuss the preface. Just about every recital of the quatrains you hear or see in print are found in what I call Big Al's version that comes from a 1981 translation that everybody uses, everybody repeats because you can get it for free on the internet. Not even a literal translation, but I feel a literal translation actually brings you closer to the meaning. For instance, Quatrain 149 is an example because the third line says the year 1700, the great will have things taken away. And it has been interpreted as we'll lose many things with the word great meaning a large number, which it can. The word is grand. And what do we use grand for? Many, many meanings, including large, huge, special, exquisite. So it can mean all of those, but the point of the quatrain is lost. That the quatrain is referring to Peter the Great in the year 1700, which is pointed out right above that, giving the year 1700. The fourth line clearly says, almost subjugate the corner of the Aqualon lands. Those would be the former Russian and also former Soviet Union lands of what is now Estonia, Livonia, and Ingria, which are parts of Northwestern European Russia. Each line of the quatrain has to be 10 syllables. The first line has to rhyme with the third line. The second line has to rhyme with the fourth line. That's why when you see a quatrain, the way to tell if it's fake is if it can't be translated back to French in four even lines that rhyme then it's not real, such as the 2020 quatrain about the twin years and the ancient queen and coronavirus. Well, that one was some made-up bunk, some false Adamus. There are some quatrains in the book about coronavirus. People initially picked out the right one, quatrain 265, that many Nostradamians for years thought would be about an earthquake. It mentions the sloping park along with plague and captivity. They just didn't get it for the right reason. You will see when we discuss this that the longest sloping park in the world sits along the Yangtze River in the heart of Wuhan, China. It is about four miles east of the wet market where COVID-19 initially started spreading. The lab is across the river in the other direction, about equidistant but south of the park. The rest of the quatrain is really simple. It all comes from the headlines of exactly that period when it broke out in the Western world. COVID-19, the lockdowns, and what's worse, the mask and vaccine debates. It's all in there. Don't think it's not. If you take a look at Quatrain 138, it mentions Sun City. So does Quatrain 18. And the Sun City, I do believe, is Kiev but this also refers to the government of Ukraine located in Kyiv. city was referred to as Sun City because of all the beach resorts along the Dnieper River. I will show that in a deep, long-winded discussion of its own about the Ukraine, the borderland, and the many quatrains depicting the history playing out there now. They start a new generation of quatrains that can only be truly solved if you have internet access. Let's take a look at quatrain 18. 
and I will read you the Big Al's version. And I do recommend this version over the others, even though I do correct it at times. How often will you be captured, O city of the sun, changing laws that are barbaric and vain? Bad times approach you. No longer will you be enslaved. Great Hadre will revive your veins. Okay, let's take a look at that first line. It says, how many times taken or captured solar city or sun city? It doesn't say city of the sun. That is poetic license. I'll give him that. But that would be cité de soleil. Second line starts with seras, you will be. So he tags that on to the first line. So it says, how many times taken sun city will you be? Or so you could read that, how many times will you be taken, Sun City? Or you could read it, how many times taken, Sun City, you will be changed the barbarous and vain laws. It also be, will be changing the barbaric and vain laws. And that doesn't mean by the people in the city, it means they will be being changed by the people that keep taking the city. He has been invaded, taken over, and turned into a tributary by many governments in the last 500 years. So it's no coincidence that the third line reads, your pain or your evil is approaching more will you be enslaved. Now, for whatever reason, Big Al's version has a negative, and as I said, he could only translate what Von Braun gave him. So I don't know how this happened, but it is actually the opposite. It says, no longer will you be enslaved. But that's not what the line says. Your pain, your evil, is approaching. The more you will be enslaved. Tributaire, the word chosen here, means dependent, taxable, subject to toll, tax, or duty. A tributary of, or even imposable and obligated, or at worst, owned. But in those days, a tributary paid tribute or was destroyed, and they were second-class non-citizens to the empire a financial enslavement. So the third line translates to your evil approaches or you are about to be wronged. The more you will be dependent. And that's very true because now they're dependent on the complete Western world for just about everything. The fourth line, the great Hadri will revive your veins. That word is recuvrira. And it comes, and it comes out of recuvra, which means to cover up, recover, regain, revive, to collect. So it's saying the great Hadrian will collect your veins, will get you to get pumped. Who's the great Hadrian? The Hadrian in this quatrain refers to Hadrian, the Roman emperor, who, from 132 to 136, during his reign, put down the Bar Kokhba revolt, which was a revolt in Judea against the Roman Empire. He was very brutal about it, 
and then afterwards erased the name of the region, renamed it Syria-Palestine, and exiled the Jewish population from the area. He felt the Jewish weren't a real people, and Judea was not a real country. This is not to be confused with the Hadri in Quatrain 1-9. That Hadri refers to Hadria, which was a major seaport and town in the north of Italy during the Roman Empire. Quatrain 8, Hadrian, as I said, wanted to eliminate the Jewish people. On February 21st and on February 24th, of 2022, Vladimir Putin gave specific speeches, part of which made the argument that the Ukrainians were not a real people and that he wanted to wipe Ukraine off the map. And that has pretty much pumped the veins of the Ukrainians. And that's where I get that in this quatrain, Hadrian refers to Vladimir Putin, and therefore, Sun City is Kiev. So let's read this one more time. How many times will you be captured, O Sun City? Your laws being changed, barbaric and vain. Your pain and evil is approaching. You are to be wronged. The more you will be enslaved, the great Hadrian will revive the pumping of the blood in your veins. So with that, if you look at Quatrain 138, it's about Kiev and the eagle, the U.S., assuring everyone that this is going to work out fine. And that would be, and so with that, if you look at Quatrain 138, it's about the sun and the eagle the U.S., assuring everyone that this is going to work out. Now, do you remember when Vladimir Zelensky recently came to Washington and appeared with Joe Biden on television? They assured everyone that this was going to work out. But the fourth line in the quatrain states that the hope of victory is somewhat empty because nothing is going to get the Ukrainians to give up and that liberty and peace can only be achieved for many through death. When you come down to Quatrain 134, it alludes to the bird of prey that flies to the left, visiting the French before all this starts. See the bird of prey that flies to the left? That's a play on words. That'd be Joe Biden. It's a word game, after all. The entire book was designed as a word game that people would have fun with. Nostradamus knew you'd like word games. Now I'll come down to Quatrain 117, recited on many predictions of Nostradamus videos and podcasts. And it's read by them, For 40 years the rainbow will not be seen. For 40 years it will be seen every day. The arid land and dryness will grow, and great deluge when it will be seen. But if you look at those lines in French, the first and second lines begin with par. Par is a one-syllable word. The only reason to switch words in and out is for scansion. 
par means by or through. Now, if you want to use the word for, there is a one-syllable word for that, poor, P-O-U-R. So there's really no reason to use par. Again, I think this is a misinterpretation because the translator wasn't sure what the quatrain was about, nor did anyone in 1981. You really have to know what the vast majority of quatrains are about to solve them. You have to start with the answer. The real prophecy of the book is in the quatrains you don't have to know about because they haven't happened yet. Quatrain 117 really says, by 40 years, as if to say, at that point, or because of. And if you read it that way, you realize it says, by 40 years of drought. And if you read it that way, you realize it says, by 40 years of drought, the dirt in the earth will grow more compact from being parched, so that when it does rain, it can't absorb the water, and the water is all going to flood and flow. I'll go over this quatrain more deeply because it's a famous quatrain, and my next edition is going to be famous quatrains. But maybe you read about this type of thing in the news because it matches your climate news. I insist to you that all these quatrains come from news articles and stories that he read probably in the same places you did. But we'll get to that in much further detail very soon. So unless you haven't seen what's been going on in the southwestern United States or in southern Europe right now and many other places, you might wonder if we're in year 23 of a 40-year span. They say we're in the midst of a mega drought and we're in year 23 of it. But I feel Nostradamus mostly focuses on Europe for these type of comments. So he's talking about the end and towards the end of a 40-year drought in Europe. I mean, when you just look at St. Louis last year, there was a big drought all summer and everybody was really scared about how dry it had become. And then the last week of July on a Monday night, it rained in 12 hours, half a year's worth of rain and everything flooded. And that was just St. Louis. You saw what happened in California, towards the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023. But that's all been going on in Europe as well. In Spain, there was a lack of rain in recent years and the northeast of the country saw its worst drought on record. They're talking about their worst drought in 500 years. People were having to protect the water supplies. And so this leads to many unwanted effects. Wildfires, it reached 40 degrees. It was record-breaking April temperatures. It worsened Spain's drought crisis, and then it starts to rain. It even snowed in Mallorca. Spain was buried in snow. Snowfall surprises Spain after early heat wave. You have the same thing going on in places like the Horn of Africa, Ethiopia, and Somalia, where they had five seasons mist of rain, but this is going on all over Europe. They're saying they're in the worst drought since 500 years. They've had record heat all winter. Spain had record heat in April, and then in May it snowed. Remember, there can be no truth entirely concerning the future, and that concerns should drive us into actions. Okay? Let's talk about some more predictions. 
Now, there's a Pope's prophecy from St. Malachi that has been circulating in the known world for as long as Nostradamus prophecies. And there is Quatrain 592 from Nostradamus Les Prophetes. That's Century 5, Quatrain 92, that I believe has been misinterpreted to be about a 17-year Pope, a 17-year seat, which has been interpreted to mean the papal seat of Rome, the Holy See. Now, the word used in the quatrain is siege, and yes, it does mean seat, but can also mean the head of, the seat of government, the head office, the elected or appointed individual who holds the seat, holds the power, the seat of power. So yes, it could easily mean and has been interpreted to be the papal seat, because in the fourth line of the quatrain, it mentions the Romans leading to an assumption that it must be the Roman Catholic Church. I don't believe that's the case. The quatrain is about something entirely different. But what you're going to see because of this well-known interpretation of it, and it is actually Big Al's interpretation, and I believe it's, and I believe it's everybody else's interpretation because of that, what you're going to see is that the late Pope Benedict becomes the 17-year Pope because Benedict died before the completion of the 17th year since becoming Pope. So it could qualify him for this, even though I don't think it does. But it is the interpretation that has been seen on TV, in videos, and in print. And if so, that would make him the 17-year Pope, and that would mean that there are five more Popes within the next 17 years, with Francis being one of them. So whenever you see or hear programs that introduce who Nostradamus was and some of his famous quatrains, everybody includes the Pope's prophecy, which is actually from St. Malachi. It's not from Nostradamus. The belief that Francis is the last Pope, Peter the Rock, that is St. Malachi's prophecy. I personally don't mix prophecy. The understanding here is that if the Pope's prophecy from Nostradamus was true, it would mean that Francis is not the last pope. And so the pope's prophecies from Malachi couldn't come true. However, I don't think that this is the case. And therefore, St. Malachi's prophecy is still on. I'll talk about this quatrain 592 in another discussion when I talk about the popes, because they are the two sons. Yeah, it's a play on words. They are the two sons, Pope Francis and Pope Benedict, that appear through the cloud that is talked about in the famous Two Sons Quatrain. Not two sons in the sky, two sons of God. I will also make predictions about Oak Island. So the curse of Oak Island is scheduled to come true, but I don't know if it's in 2023. I do know it is Templar treasure. The question is, can we break the curse, or does a man have to die, his eye pierced by a spring, as the quatrain says, before the treasure is found? So we're going to start a connection with them, but remember, the oracle always has to be right, so it is very confusing how to go about this. A prediction that should be happening in the future is quatrain 284. This is about a six-month drought in northern Italy. And that seemed to happen last year with the Po River drying up. And 
Lake Guardia, not just drying up about almost two-thirds, but the remaining water being as hot as the Caribbean. But the longest they went without a drop of rain last summer was 110 days, whereas Quatrain 284 details six months, nine days without a drop of rain. And it is from Tuscany and Florence all the way down to Naples and all along the west coast of Italy in between. There's a quatrain 231 that depicts great flooding in the same areas, that the Campawan in Campania will swell so much that the only thing that can be seen in the fields are water and the tops of trees. So will we continue to see in Italy what we are currently seeing in California, a long extended drought and then periods of intense precipitation and recurring flooding? And that is including Utah, but it's very good news for the Great Salt Lake. Where do all these predictions come from? Is it Quatrain 117 or what's predicted in all of your climate news stories about climate change? I keep hearing about the storm of the century. Every year I hear about the storm of the century, and that would mean we're in the century of centuries. And yes, that's in the quatrains. Now I want to tie in three quatrains that could be about the near future. The first one is quatrain 429. It seems to predict some type of volcanic explosion or flowing of lava that is initially caused by the hot weather. In other words, Nostradamus trying to say that the heating of the planet will start to work the volcanoes up because that is the planet's reaction, kind of like a tea kettle. It also seems to predict the mercury thermometer. Let's take a look. The first line, the sun hides eclipsed by mercury be placed only second in the sky of Vulcan, and this is Big, Big Al's version, of Vulcan, Hermes will be made into food. The sun will be seen pure, glowing red, and golden. Now, let's, let's take a look what I got out of this. The sun hides, or is covered, the word cachet is chosen. As a noun, it means a cover or a blind, but as a verb, it means to cover, to conceal, to hide, to obscure, to stash. So the sun gets stashed or is hidden, eclipsed by mercury. That can't happen because mercury cannot obscure the sun. It can't eclipse the sun. It can only transit the sun. When it goes in front of the sun, you see it as a small black dot crossing over the sun. So I feel that the combination of the sun and mercury, we're talking about the mercury thermometer. And of course, that wasn't invented until 1724. Let's look at the second line. We'll only be put in the sky second. And that's all, also the heavens. So it is to say, we'll be put only for second in the heavens. The third line, from Vulcan, Hermes will be made pasture. The word is pasture, 
you know, the big open field full of grass. And that's where Big Al gets the term food because you put your animals out there to eat. But the word is pasture. From Vulcan, Hermes will be made pasture. From Vulcan, Hermes will be made pasture. Now, it's important to remember that Hermes is the Greek equivalent of the Roman god Mercury. Hermes was turned into Mercury by the Romans. And so, as I've said, that it's stated here twice, it's probably a different meaning. And seeing as, once again, I feel Mercury is being referring to the Mercury in the thermometer, we realize that Hermes, the word, the name Hermes, comes from the Greek erma, which means a pile of stones or a heap of stones. In the earliest times of Greek divinities and their worshiping, they were worshiped in the form of a heap of stones or a shapeless column. In many parts of Greece, there were piles of stones by the sides of roads, especially at their crossings and on the boundaries of lands. The religious respect paid to such heaps of stones, especially at the meeting of roads, is shown by the custom of each passerby throwing a stone onto the heap or anointing them with oil. So it's important to remember that Hermes is not just the god of leatherworking handbags and fine men's ties. Now, Hermes started as the god of boundaries, roads, and travelers. So the word Hermes develops from a heap of stones. Vulcan was the god of fire and metal smithery who had his home within Mount Etna. But outside Campe Flegre in the Phlegraean fields, which means fields of fire, this area has also been referred to in Roman times as Forum Vulcani, which means the home of Vulcan. So it's a little confusing which he might mean here, seeing as there already is a major warning about Campe Flegre and Sofaltara, this one might be about Mount Etna because that hasn't gone off to since the late 1700s. And let's take a look at the fourth line. The first line says Sol. And usually Sol always is short for Solil or Sun. But Sol by itself means ground or soil. So here the ground could be shining hot, red, and blonde. Like Vulcan, that's what's important to remember. Blonde can mean golden, and true, he needed to rhyme, but Vulcan was blonde. So if you think about from Vulcan, Hermes will be made pasture. From the volcano, the pile of stones will be made into a field where the soil will be seen pure shining red and blonde, which could be golden or the color of Vulcan which is lava. So again, I can't really say if this would be Etna or the Phlegraean Fields. I have to think that because there were three major warnings about Vesuvius, and they all happened. The eruption of 1631, the eruption of 1906, and the eruption of 1944. They're all in the quatrains. They're at the new city. And that's to draw attention 
to the other side of Naples, Campe Flegre, and Sofultara. But here I can't help but pull away from the idea that says pasture, which is a field, which would be Flegrean fields. But again, Vulcan had his metalworks in Mount Etna. So we're going to get back to this one because you can see Mount Etna is getting active, but a quatrain like this means something big. So let's see what Nostradamus has to say about the upcoming El Nino this year. Let's look at quatrain 598. It starts with, at the 48th climacteric degree, at the end of cancer, very great dryness. Fish in the sea, river, lake, boiled hectic. Bern and Bajor in distress through fire from the sky. Climacteric means crucial, critical, having far-reaching implications or results. A critical point or event, and that would be possibly a heat wave. Now, the word climacteric pretty close to climac, pretty close reference to the climate, also having far-reaching applications at that point, at the very end of cancer. Cancer is from June 22nd to about July 22nd. The third line, fish in sea, river, lake, boiled, hectic. That's definitely quite a heat wave and fish kill. Björn and Bajor, those are two provinces in the southwest of France along the Spanish border in the Pyrenees Mountains and in the plain at their feet towards the Atlantic Ocean. This is located from the Atlantic Ocean to the upper watershed of the Adore on the northern slopes of the Pyrenees. It's part of the larger region known as the Gasconet. And it's the mountains where it gets much warmer, much faster. And I feel because it says fire from the sky, that word can also be fiery heat from the sky. I feel that means forest fires in those mountains at the same time that it's going through this crucial heat wave. And that brings us to the next quatrain, because at the 48th climacteric degree seems to me to tie in with the last quatrain where he's predicting the thermometer. Here he's predicting not just 48 degrees being hit in this part of France and Central Europe, especially Central Europe. So I think how this ties in with the last quatrain that, that predicted the mercury thermometer invented by Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit. This would also be pointing out the Celsius scale invented in 1742 by Swedish astronomer Anders Celsius, also called centigrade because it's divided in 100 even intervals. So this quatrain 598 would be predicting 48 degrees being hit in Europe. Now that has happened. It happened one time in Greece in 1977, but it happened in Italy 
on August 11, 2021, when the island of Sicily hit 48.8 degrees Celsius. I think here what we're talking about, though, with Nostradamus and this quatrain 598 is France hitting 48 degrees Celsius. So let's go to quatrain 448 and see if there's any tie-in there. Here's that quatrain. The fertile, spacious Ausonian plain will produce so many gadflies and locusts, the solar brightness will become clouded, all devoured, great plague to come from them. Now, in the first line, it mentions the Ausonian plain. That would be central and lower Italy. Now, this did already happen in Italy in 2021, but it was in Sardinia, which officially is Italy and even central Italy. But the Ausonian plain is a very fertile land and much comes from it. And so what he's saying here is there will be massive swarms of locusts so much that they cloud the view of the sun. So these three quatrains seem to lead to an oncoming set of heat waves and the consequences of them. Which brings me back to Tui Bay 2, which I said I would go over because where we are right now in the timeline of Tui Bay 2 is going from poem 44 to poem 45. Poem 44 describes a new king or new emperor, and the graphic shows an emperor on a throne with someone asking for his help, or he's taking orders from him, but the emperor is smiling. The short poem ends with all two-winged birds, which is a hundred spirits, which are swallows, which are two-winged birds, arrive at the court. Two-winged birds all come to see four-winged, arrive at the court to see two-winged, four-foot now, the two wings, four feet, that's the dragon. So when we all just recently witnessed the leaders of the European Union visit with Xi Jinping and hold court, I realized this was the transition between poem 44 to poem 45 in Tui Bei 2. The graphic of poem 45 is two men with spears, two soldiers. They're together fighting the sun. The short poem reads, a guest from west comes to east and stops. Wood, fire, metal, water. Wash this big humiliation. So it's guest from west stops when reach east. Wood, fire, metal, water. Those are four of the five elements from Chinese astrology. The only thing that's missing is earth, like the ground you stand on and grow crops on. So that would indicate flood. Wash this great humiliation. Wash this great shame is the actual symbol. And the symbol for metal is actually gold, which in alchemy is the metal of the sun. The long poem reads, fire period grand opens the world same. And that would translate to fiery fate the whole world shares. The sun hidden 
in the middle of the wide ocean. From now on, they not dare call themselves bosses. The word used is for male, senior, or superior, the ones in charge, rulers, El Patrone. And the last line is, period has ended, weapons all destroyed. So this seems to indicate that China is about to have a violent conflict with nature. Poem 46 starts with darkness. And that should be enough right there, but no, it goes on to say, don't need to draw a sword to kill. Thousands of people do live, but a single person cannot escape. That kind of says the people that are bunkered, bunkered altogether, because China has large underground bunkers that hold thousands of people at one time. But we'll get back to that. Poem 45, line one, a guest from the West comes east and stops. That's La Nina. So after this El Nino that we're having that's going to release the heat from the middle of the ocean, whereas the sun, it says in this poem, is, I mean, they really should call it ocean warming because it's the ocean that absorbs all the heat from the sun. And now actually the land is getting warmed twice as fast and even more so at the higher altitudes like the Pyrenees Mountains. So it, it says it's a fiery fate that the whole world shares. So we'll get back to that because as I said, if you understand Bay too, and the many references he makes to it, it really gives reason and meaning to the lost book, and we'll get to that as well. I'd like to show some quatrains that we'll be going over in the near future and that some people are talking about now. Here's the one that people credit to Nostradamus predicting AI. It's quatrain 431, in full night of cover over the high mountains. The new sage with a lone brain sees it by his disciples invited to be immortal. Eyes to the south, hands in bosoms, bodies in the fire. Yeah, I don't know. I'll work on that one. How's that sound? And as far as do no harm, if you believed that, then you wouldn't be getting spam in your email. You wouldn't be getting hounded on your phone by people who want your money. And you wouldn't be hearing so many ads that promise free money from the government that just aren't true. So do no harm. I'm seriously worried about that being in the hands of anybody who's trying to make a profit. And has anybody considered what the different AI programs will do when they find out they're in competition with each other for clicks? AI is basically Pandora and Hercules combined, not just Aristotle. Prometheus is the name of a new chatbot AI system. Prometheus is from Greek mythology. He's the god that gave people fire, that all the other gods were really mad at him because he gave people technology they weren't really ready for, and they burned a bunch of things down. 
But something many people are talking about is something I don't really want to talk about. It would be the crash of the U.S. dollar because of the U.S. government defaulting on its debt. Quatrains pointed to that have been 153 and 828. 153 seems to be more about a fiat currency uh, or Bitcoin. Many people have pointed to that one about Bitcoin. But it's also about cash itself. If you understand what a fiat currency is, we will definitely get into that in a later discussion. 828 is the quatrain that Mario Redding said must be about the crash of the stock market. And I've always thought myself that that one could be about the banking scandal from Iceland in 2008. But when you read into that, it gets more into what's been going on recently with the many religious scandals and sex lawsuits that seems to be in 828. So that's a bit frightening that that's in the current or near future. Let me read it to you. The copies of gold and silver inflated, which, after the theft, were thrown into the lake. At the discovery that all is exhausted and dissipated by the debt, all scripts and bonds will be wiped out. You know, this is one of those times when it's as if I knew it was going to happen. I'm not going to say it or predict it because it's just too volatile. I'd rather be ignorant and wrong, <laughs> and I don't know. But no one wants to see that one happen. We are all hoping for the best in the 11 o'clock and 59 minutes, 59 seconds hour. But this one still sounds to me like the banking scandal in Iceland. And speaking of something blowing up, how about Big Red Star Beetlejuice in the constellation Orion going supernova? Is there a quatrain about that? Well, Nostradamus was an astrophile, so there must be. Let's take a look at a couple. I'll give you a couple, and I'll give you a hint on each, and then you can decide. Here's 296. Burning torch will be seen in the sky at night. Near the end and the beginning of the Rhone, famine, steel, the relief provided late. Persia turns to invade Macedonia. And here is quatrain 346. The sky of Plancus's city forebodes to us, through clear signs and fixed stars, that the time of its sudden change is approaching neither for its good nor for its evils. Okay, so I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint on the first one. That's about the great comet of 1556. Okay, I gave that one away. But this one shows that quatrains started as soon as the book came out. Most people only point to the first quatrain being 1559 the death of King Henry, but there are several to many before that 
I can debate with ones about 1555, but this one, the Great Comet of 1556, undeniable. But Quatrain 346, now I think this one's about Betelgeuse. So let's hear it again. The sky above Plancus' city forebodes to us through clear signs and fixed stars. Well, who's Plancus? He was a number two man to Julius Caesar in the Roman Empire. And then he switched sides to Julius Caesar's enemy, Mark Anthony. And then he switched sides to Mark Anthony's enemy, Julius Caesar's son, Octavius, and then convinced Octavius to change his name to Augustus, who became the first emperor of Rome. Through clear signs and fixed stars, fixed stars don't variate, whereas Betelgeuse does, and we know that from comparing it to the fixed stars. Clear signs, well, Orion sits between Taurus and Gemini, both clear signs, Taurus being a fixed sign, Gemini being a mutable sign. But Orion sits between the two, clearly not in either one or the other. That the time of its sudden change is approaching, neither for its good nor for its evils. Because, you know, in Nostradamus' day, if they saw something like that, they were just figuring out what it was. But there were still a bunch of people that would be like, ah, it's, you know, here it comes, the end of the world. He's saying, no, it just needs to change. It's not for good or evil. It's just about change. So who's Plancus? And how does that tie in to Orion? And we'll get back to that in the next edition, but I just wanted to say for sure there's not going to be a zombie apocalypse. That's not what the quatrain says. It says when the dead come out of their graves, and the quatrain already happened. And so we'll get to that too. And I want to be clear about something. There's a lot of warnings in here, but there's only one major warning. And there is a solution offered. It states it in the preface that the vast majority of quatrains can't be solved until after they've happened. And I believe that is to keep the focus on the major event that is talked about in the quatrain of two-thirds of the world's population dying, along with two-thirds of the Earth's land surface covered with water. Again, I will point out to you that no future is entirely determined. Don't think Nostradamus would just come in and offer a bunch of scare and not offer a solution. Nostradamus would not do that to you. He's offered a solution, but no one wants to listen. And maybe if some of the people who make so much Nostradamus content filled with salacious slander and the bearing of false witness... If these creators could actually read the book instead, they would realize he is actually more the architect of hope and the one telling you, this is your last chance. I'll try to reemphasize that on a regular basis. 
you'll remember to turn anxiety into action because panic never helped anything. And concern into construction. I plan to go over all these things and more, and I will be there for you. And thanks for listening.